Thanks for joining us at Warehouse Church. We would love for you to stay connected, and a great way for you to do that is to simply subscribe to this podcast. You can also stay connected throughout the week by checking out our website, warehousechurch.com, or by visiting our Facebook or Instagram pages. From wherever you are listening, we hope that you are encouraged by this week's message. Thank you for joining us today at Warehouse Church. We're so blessed and honored that you would take your time on Sunday morning, Monday, Friday, whatever day of the week that you're joining us to be a part of this special service. We're in a series called Lost, and we're going to be looking today at Luke chapter 15. I want to make sure that Warehouse Church family, that you pay attention really, really good to our announcements today. We have an amazing, humongous ladies' event on Thursday night right here at Warehouse Church called Sisterhood. It is going to be great. You can register for that online. And if you have any questions, you can email us at hello at warehousechurch.com. You can go to our church Facebook. You can go to our website. It's all over the place. But if you have a couple questions that you want to ask, please, please, please do not hesitate to email us today. In this series called Lost, we're going through Luke chapter 15. And Jesus tells three different parables in Luke chapter 15 that we're going to study. Last week, we kind of did an introductory message just on the first couple verses and, and launched out our theme verse for this series, Luke 19.10, which is, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. That's how we named our series. We called it Lost to talk about uh, what does it mean to be lost, different aspects of it lost. Are you lost? Am I lost? You know, what does it mean and what is our responsibility with the lost as well? So let's look at Luke chapter 15. We're going to read verses 1 through 7 and look at this story that Jesus told. Verse number 1, it says, Then all the tax collectors and sinners drew near to him to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes complained, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he spoke this parable To them saying, This is the first of three parables. So when we talk next week, we're going to read the first two verses, and I'm going to go to the second parable uh, because all three of these parables have to do with this introductory statement. Last week we talked about how the Pharisees and scribes, all the religious people, were upset at Jesus because he was spending time with, having dinner with, and identifying with people that were lost understanding the purpose statement of Jesus. The Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. We get to see this right through the history, through the lens of the history, looking into the past and what Jesus did. This was present time. These religious people had a very, very hard time believing that Jesus was the Messiah, that Jesus was God's only begotten Son. They were very um, driven by their self-righteousness, driven by their stature, driven by their money, Uh, They really wanted everybody to think that they were all that in a bag of chips. But the truth of the matter is, they were just as lost as the notorious sinners, as we talked about last week, and also the tax collectors, which had a very, very bad reputation because of the way that they robbed money from their uh, fellow countrymen. So let's now look at verse number four. This is the parable that Jesus speaks. He says, what man of you has a hundred sheep And if he loses one of them, does not leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it. And when he has found it, he lays it on its shoulders and rejoices. 
And when he comes back, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over the 99 people who do not need to repent. So we're going to talk about in this short parable here things that are valuable to God, things that are valuable to God. And the first thing we see that's valuable to God in this parable is this idea of repentance, repentance. Uh, repentance, if, if a, a simple, I, I've heard people say, what does repentance mean? And they say, well, it means to say you're sorry. And that's not really what it means. Repentance means when you confront something that you're doing that's wrong, you, you make it right by apologizing or saying you're sorry or whatever that means to that person that you've sinned against. Here, we understand it's God. And then it means this, you're turning and you're going the other way, away from that sin, away from that temptation that you're drawn to. It's a turning away from. Now, when we understand that we're turning from sin and repentance means we're embracing Christ as God's son and our savior and embracing his forgiveness, we see that there's a very high value in repentance because not only are we turning our back and making right what we did wrong, we're going this way and we're embracing Jesus Christ. We're coming home, if you will. In verse seven it says, in the same way there's more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents. One lost sinner who repents and returns to God than the 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. The Bible uses different types, examples. Um, they use, he uses, Jesus himself uses different illustrations. One of the things that the Bible does in paralleling the life of a man is they, that, that sheep are used as a type of man. Uh, in Psalm 23, we read, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He restores my soul. We read that whole psalm about the, the relationship of the shepherd to the sheep. And it's very interesting that Jesus uses sheep as an example of mankind because of this. Sheep are not very smart animals. Uh, to be very honest with you, sheep are very, very needy. They need lots and lots and lots of attention. And if they don't get the attention they need, they will be in trouble. They can't defend themselves. If you've ever seen a sheep when they're shearing a sheep and they they have it standing up. They almost look like they have tiny T-Rex arms with their front legs, but there's no way they could defend themselves if somebody, if a lion or a tiger or a bear or a hunter or some kind of animal was coming after them to eat them, a sheep is literally defenseless. Not only are they defenseless, they can't take care of themselves around water. If they get too close to the water, the Bible said in Psalm 23, he leads me to still water. If it's raging water and the sheep is dipping his head down and starts to drink that water and slips, because he's got very skinny legs and he slips in a little bit, more than likely the sheep will drown because all of that wool that's on that sheep will pull that sheep under the water. So it was important for that sheep to go to still water. Also, sheep do not know when to move on to, as it says in Psalm 23, greener pastures and greener pastures. You've heard that saying, the grass is always greener. Where's the grass always greener? Somebody tell me. On the other side of the fence, right? That means, and we use that as a euphemism to say things are always better over there until you get over there and realize what it really means. 
But sheep needed to be led to green pastures because here's what they would do. Their head would point down and they would just start chewing. They weren't even looking at what they were eating because their eyes could not make contact with what was in front of their, their snout or their mouth. And they would start chewing down the grass. They would get down to the roots. And if the shepherd did not move them, they would chew all the way down into the dirt and stones, even so much as to break their teeth. They are dummies. And when you think about the shepherd moving them, the, the shepherd wants to move them to another pasture because he doesn't want to kill all the grass. He wants that grass maybe to get nice and, nice and low so, it's, so, it's, uh, so it looks nice. Maybe they were cutting grass. We had friends in the Philippines that kept a goat in their yard just so that goat would keep their grass low and ate their grass down. That was their lawn cutting mechanism was a goat. But the sheep would chew down that grass that they were eating. And what the shepherd would do is he would keep an eye over that. And then he would take his staff and maybe his dogs and he would round up all of his sheep and he would move his sheep to greener pastures, higher, taller grass so that the sheep would have healthy grass to eat and they wouldn't chew down into the dirt and into the rocks and mess up their teeth. The sheep needed a lot of attention. Here's amazing, a part of that. God refers to us as his sheep. Jesus is the great shepherd. Now, I'm not calling anybody a dummy today, but what I am gonna tell you is this. If anybody's a dummy, it's this guy right here. But what I'm gonna tell you about this, Jesus compared us to sheep to help us understand how much we need him, our great shepherd. So when we look at this passage of scripture, He's talking about the 99 sheep. He's talking about the one sheep that strayed away. But what he's talking about is, is a group of people that the shepherd was over and one person strays away. Now, when the shepherd left the sheep, he left them in an area where there was enough grass to keep them occupied. There was enough water that was still to keep them satisfied. When they're eating, they're very, very focused. So when the shepherd left the sheep, it's not like he left them on the side of a ledge where they could possibly jump over and die. He knew that they were cared for, that they were in a safe place, but he still left them. And he went and found the other sheep. And the, Jesus says in the story, the shepherd grabs that other sheep. That was part of their income. That's like a bank account statement. You remember back in the day, I remember my parents took me to Provident Bank in Median. They opened up a bank account for me, a little savings account. And they gave me a little bank booklet. And every time I would bring a dollar, two dollars, and sometimes ten dollars in to put into my savings account, they would take my bank account booklet and you would hear the typewriter going and they would change the balance in my bank booklet every time we made a deposit instead of looking at the computer today and poof, it's all there, right? So they would look at that for me and I would be able to keep track of how much money I had. Those sheep were not only those shepherd's income, it was part of their, not only their livelihood, but their savings. That was their, that was their legacy for their kids. Those sheep were worth a lot, a lot of money. So when he left and went to go get that 1%, right? He left one to get one sheep while 99 were behind. He was just going after 1%. What he was saying was that 1%, that one sheep was still very valuable. God values repentance when we come back to him and turn our back on sin. And here's something else that God values. God loves the one. He loves the one. I love the stories in the New Testament when Jesus spoke, fed 20,000 people. In the Bible, in the New Testament, when Peter spoke and thousands of people were saved and baptized and added to the church. And another time, a couple other times in the book of Acts, we see that 
uh, a message was shared and thousands of people were saved, baptized, and added to the church. But we also see the story of Philip in the book of Acts when he ran into a eunuch, shared with him the message of Jesus Christ, and baptized him. The story of one. I know I'm a pretty big guy, but I'm just one. And you're probably, if you're watching this on your phone or on your computer, you're probably watching this by yourself. Now, there are, we do have some church families that put this up on their TV through Apple Play and whatever, and they're able to watch that together. But most of the time when people are watching our service like this, they're just watching it by themselves. I want, I want to say this to you, and I want, to, I want you to kind of look in my eyes, and I'll look in your eyes too. God cares for you. God cares for you as an individual. He cares for the one. He demonstrated that by the story. He left 99. They were okay. They were safe. They were in a good spot where they were eating healthy grass. They weren't in danger of any kind. But he did leave them to seek and to save the one that was lost. And if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you have a story about how Jesus came after you, whether it was through a friend, your parents, a pastor, a spiritual leader in your life, somebody that shared the gospel of Jesus Christ, all the circumstances in your life that led up to that moment where you invited Jesus into your heart, you could look back on that and see how Jesus pursued you. He pursued the one. He values one. He loves everybody in the world. He loves the United States of America and every country in the world. He loves the state of Texas, right? The stars at night are big and bright. Deep in the heart of Texas, you got it. He loves everybody in Texas. Loves everybody in Plano. 300 and some thousand people. He loves everybody at 600 Data Drive that attends or calls Warehouse Church their home. But more importantly than that, he loves you as an individual. The Bible says in Romans 5.8 that God showed his great love to us by sending Christ to die for us even though we were sinners. We, that story helps us to understand, we were that lost sheep. We were that lost sheep. And what happened when that shepherd found that sheep that represented income, that represented livelihood, that represented his legacy, Jesus said in that story that when that shepherd brought that sheep back, he told all of his other shepherd buddies, guess what? I had one kind of wander on me today, thought he was gone. See, they shared stories of how a bear would come or a lion would come and eat one of those sheep. And they were saddened by that and because they lost some of their income and maybe they even cared about their sheep, right? But the, the shepherd came back, the Bible says rejoicing. And then it says, how much more does heaven rejoice When one sinner, when one person, when we have a service right here with Warehouse Church family and we share the gospel of Jesus Christ, for instance, on Easter Sunday, we were so excited on Easter Sunday. It was so great to see the building filled. It was the same on Mother's Day and we are coming back and we're coming back strong, Warehouse Church. And I'm so proud of everybody that's part of this church family. But we saw on Easter Sunday, 14 people accept Christ as Savior. The following Sunday, we saw one person accept Christ as Savior. That following service, heaven was rejoicing just as much over one as they were the week before when 14 people got saved. You see, the Bible taught us here that Jesus said that likewise, there'll be more joy in heaven over one sinner that comes back 
we see that repentance is valuable to God. We see that the love for one, you as an individual are valuable for God. But we also understand that the 99 are valuable to God too. They were mentioned here. And here's the thing about the one and the 99. When the one was lost and came back to the 99, which made it 100, guess what it was? It was whole. The whole group of sheep, the whole family of sheep were together again. You see, church, when we have one that's hurting in our church and they're wandering, but, but they come back, and I'm not talking about coming back to be here at 10 o'clock, although we want you here at 10 o'clock next Sunday. What I'm talking about is this. When one in our family hurts, the whole family should hurt with them. We should be praying, pursuing, helping, standing with, doing whatever we gotta do to get that person that's wandering back to the family of God, the 99. God gives us all individual care. So let me ask you a couple questions today before we pray. Have you turned from sin to God? That's very valuable to God, and when one person does that, the Bible says, all of heaven rejoices. Do you know today that God loves you as an individual? We know that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. But I want to tell you something today. God loves you. He loves you just the way that you are. And he's pursuing you today. If you're watching this with us today, he wants you to know that he loves you. He's pursuing you and he desires to have a relationship with you. If you're part of the 99, will you help make our herd full again? Luke 19.10 says this, the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. He came to seek and to save the lost. Who's the one that's out there this week that you'll pursue, that you'll pray for, that you'll invite to come to church, that you'll invite to come back to church? Who's the one that needs some special attention? You know, we always get this thing, oh, they'll be fine. If they're upset, they'll reach out. You know, there are people that get upset when you reach out just as much as there are people that feel lonely when you don't. Don't be guilty of not reaching out because you're worried, so, so worried about what people are gonna think. Worry about what God's gonna think and worry about those people. Care about them enough that you'll pursue them. A phone call, a text message, uh, an instant message through social media. Find a way to reach out. Go get the one. Let me ask you a question when we, as we pray today. Who is your one? Who's one that's left the fold? Who's one that's walked away from God and needs to come back? It's not that we need to go to that one and say, you need to repent. You know what they need to know from us that we're pursuing them, and more importantly than that, that God is pursuing them. God loves us. God loves you. And there's a lot of people in this world that need to know what the love of God means. And God's given us the ability to share that with them. Will you find one this week? Can I ask you to bow your heads with me and we'll pray together. Today, Father, we thank you that the, you gave the story about the good shepherd that left 99 obedient, healthy, compliant sheep that he loved, that he cared for, and he made sure they were taken care of to go out to his own individual peril 
to find that one lost sheep and he found them and he brought them back and the Bible says that the shepherds rejoiced with them. And just like that story tells us, when one person comes to Jesus, the angels rejoice. We see, Father, when we lead people to Christ, that you're pleased by that. We know that as, as we looked at the story today, Father, we know that repentance is valuable to you. We know that individuals are valuable to you. We know that the 99 is valuable to you, but we know that your son came to seek and to save the lost, and he wants us in our lives to be doing the same thing, seeking the lost so that Jesus can save them. Lord, put it in our hearts and our minds. One person this week that we could pray for, that we could speak love into, that we can reach out and maybe have lunch or supper with, that we could invite to be here for our church service on Memorial Day weekend, that they would come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. Father, thank you for this story. Help us always to be mindful of one. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey, thanks for joining us. Make sure you check out these announcements of all the great things that are happening at Warehouse Church this week. Looking forward to seeing you next Sunday for our big Memorial Day celebration. We hope you're in the house for the big party we're gonna have right here at Warehouse Church. Have a good day.